What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Sean Salisbury Show right here on the Believe Network. Before we get to our Bet Online sponsorship, we're going to talk some breaking news that we just had in Major League Baseball that we've kind of talked about a few times. We'll hit that real quick. Um, I, Sean, I don't. We we don't need to spend much time on that national championship last night because that was, I mean, just putrid. We've got NFL playoffs set. We've got Black Monday for coaches and GMs in the NFL. Um, what jobs could still come open? I think there's a couple that uh, we could discuss. And then the top of the NFL draft is set, and a team wins in the final week and gives up the first pick to another team. We'll talk about that later in this episode. But as always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. Yeah, and basketball's back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, uh, t- uh, favorite sports and events whether that's the NFL or NHL, NBA, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right. I uh, just mentioned the breaking news we have in Major League Baseball. We'll get, hit that real quick now. Carlos Correa who has been had a deal with the San Francisco Giants for 340-ish million dollars. I think it was 345 was the total. Uh that was next due to a physical reportedly then he jumps to the Mets and signs a big just over 300 million dollar deal with them. Well then supposedly the the physical um popped up there as well. And now Carlos Correa is signing with his third team of the offseason. He's going back to the team that he was on last season, and that's the Minnesota Twins, for six years, $200 million guaranteed, and then he can make another $70 million for a four additional seasons after those six years are up. So $270 million is the most he can make. So just in the course of a few months, Carlos Correa has lost – over $70 million based on his physical and the Mets were reportedly willing to do like six, 157 million uh, guaranteed with more, um, you know, options onto that where he could, you know, guarantee himself some more money as he went um, all the way up to $315 million. But Supposedly, he liked the guarantee of the 200, and why wouldn't you? It's an extra 40 plus million dollars in guarantees over six years. Uh, what are your thoughts on Carlos Correa here? This is a guy that is has an MVP type bat when he's healthy, and he's a great shortstop, but it's always been this injury thing with Carlos Correa, and now we're seeing it when it comes to his contract. When somebody drops their contract $100 million, two teams and more, something's not right. right. It's, it's just that it's not. They didn't see like, well, is there a twinge there? Is there, it, it is. That's the, the structurally there's something that doctors who are experts in this do not like in two different places. And in a third place, the Minnesota Twins obviously weren't willing to go 10 years, so they didn't do it either. And nobody else obviously was willing to do it. Think about this, Sigs. Backtrack to here. Had he have asked for five years or six years at the right price, like this, and not asked for an opt-out in year one and two, which any general manager that gives a guy an opt-out in, in those years is a dumbass, or any owner, and grateful Jim Crane's a wise businessman, and they did not do it. Right. He could have been back here. Now he ends up, and he's right back. To where he should have been and what now you're in my realm. I ain't given 10, 12, 13 years to him. Six right. years, Segs. You get all-star great glove. He's got the 285, 280 bat, can hit 20 some, 22 to 25 home runs when he's right, and drive you in 80 runs and be a good leader and do a bunch of stuff. And he's got some postseason chops. 
But this is where it should be. I six years for two hundred million got no problem, and he's back to where it started. So this is the right move. The Astros made the right move, and now they wouldn't have him back for that now because they got a shortstop. They right. don't need him. Yeah, they and have Jeremy Pena. So for the Giants who needed a marquee player, for the Mets who could have used another marquee player and moved him to third, and and for them to pass up on this, there's there there there's got to be something that's that's deeper than even maybe we know, Seg. So. $200 million is not to shake a stick at. That's guaranteed money and good for him. And I root for Carlos Correa. But back in Minnesota, six years, good. Go get it. And you know damn well they're going to pass him on a physical. Guess what? Six years makes it a little easier, and you need that marquee name in Minnesota. So this should be his last stop, at least in this contract, uh, in this stage right now. It's a good get for Minnesota. But Minnesota had to wait, go through all this. But it's a wise move that he ended up going back there. It's a market. You don't have to pay all those New York taxes, although taxes are high everywhere. And here we are back to where he should have been in the first place. About five to seven years gets it at six for 200. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, and and all this and I laughed at this when I saw it and you see the tweets, they all end with pending physical. So he is not. I, I know Minnesota will most likely pass him and, but they, and all that. But if you know, we don't know when this happened. This could have been late. You know, something could have happened that we just don't know about. And right. and now teams are seeing it and they're kind of like, whoa, that, that doesn't look good. So it, this is all still pending physical, but most likely he will be a Minnesota twin in 2023 and beyond for at least six seasons. For about a, 130 plus million less than he wanted. Yes. Yes. And 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 that's just something that, you know, he's going to have to eat. He, he played chicken. He got the contract, but. You know, physical didn't show up. You know, his yep. body didn't show up. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm with those guys. I wouldn't have given him 10 years. Yeah. Well, no. two years ago, I wouldn't have given it 10 years last year. I, just I don't done. like giving anybody 10 years, to be honest. Agreed. So, Agreed. Uh, it, it's just a very dangerous game. All right. Speaking of a dangerous game last night, like I said, we don't need to spend much time on this 65 to seven, 55 unanswered points by Georgia. Georgia just obliterates TCU. TCU stood no chance. The only reason they scored the seven points was because of a busted coverage where they gained, what, 60-something yards on a deep pass. Uh, That's the only reason they scored. That game could have easily been 65 to nothing. Georgia did whatever they wanted. And Stetson Bennett, you can everybody can tell me, oh, he's 25 years old. He's a grown man playing against kids. You know what? As long as it's within the rules, I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. I understand why people say it, but I just don't care. He could be 30. We had Brandon Whedon playing at like 28, just not that long ago. I don't care about the guy's age. Chris Winky. Chris Winky Winky is another guy. Yes. Six touchdowns for Stetson Bennett, four in the air, two on the ground. He looked like a guy that just, well, had been playing college football for a long time, but just that team is so well built. So many stars all over the place. Brock Bowers may be just the best pure football player in America right now when it comes to the college game. And, oh, yeah, they got a lot of studs everywhere else. I'll be honest with you, Segs. If he was coming out this year, I'd take him before any receiver. Brock Bowers. I would. Oh, 100%. I play, he, yes. He'd be my first receiver taken. Forget just tied yes. in. I'd take yeah. him in a top. If you need, if you have one of those guys you want in the top five or six picks, he's worth it. Mm-hmm. That dude's just a football playing Jesse. I mean, the, the game, you're right. We don't need to spend much time. What I don't want to do is diminish what TCU did this year. It's been mm-hmm. a hell of a year. And they shouldn't get their identity locked up into one ass kicking. Right. And it was, an, it was a relentless choke out curb stomp behind the woodshed ass kicking to the nth degree and it started from the opening kickoff and the opening snap and they never gave up and as as the head coach said Kirby Smart we're, we're, we're going hunting and they hunted them down and when it was 50 when it got to 58 they weren't done they kept at it and they the Munkins a great play caller mm-hmm. and they're young look at those young offensive linemen they got sags and defensive linemen I mean and this was losing eight starters to the NFL on yeah. defense last year. Five first rounders. Yes, it's crazy. And 
their best player, N'Kobe Dean, if he was a, he, he was a third rounder. Now he's yep. on a team that may end up winning the Super Bowl title themselves in Philly. So, uh, Segs, I am just telling you, that was it was as if Kirby Smart, I would have hated to be on the practice field with them last week because I guarantee you after Ohio State scored all those points, yeah. and he's like, Nick, they don't they, even if they win, but their defense doesn't play well. That's a bad thing to face, right? When Nick say you do not want to be humiliated, and they were their defense was mm-hmm. humiliated. That's not like them. I'll guarantee you, Kirby Smart dressed them down six ways to Sunday. That it's like oh miserable practice, and they took it out on TCU. It was, and they are well coached. Congrats to TCU on a great season. They were overwhelmed, overmatched, looked scared in the game. And had zero answers. And when we hear this thing, the first thing that comes to our mind is physical. Yeah, George is physical as hell. But they finessed him to death, too. Oh, yeah. Bootleg. I mean, they're moving. They're running guys through. It looked, and I don't mean this disrespectful to other programs. I felt like I was watching Georgia play one of those non-conference pull-your-guys-out-by-halftime like they beat Slippery Rock by that they were up 48 nothing right. and a half and went to the bench. That's how I felt. TCU had a great year, nothing to do. They had some phenomenal moments. Last night wasn't one of them. Move forward, and they did a great job. But Georgia sent a very loud message for the world to see. If you like college football, that was it. And with Stetson Bennett, I'm I'm so tired of hearing the measurables and the rest of it. All I know is that I can't remember a guy in history that's been in four playoff or four major bowl games, if you combine the Mm -hmm. two being the BCS and all that. It's been the MVP clearly in all four yep. games. Now, Ohio State, you could have given it to C.J. Stroud had they a one, but they didn't. Right. And he's got two rings. He's fourth in the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, he may be slight of body, but he's and he, and a little older. I bet you I can take 15 NFL quarterbacks and stick them on Georgia's team the last two years, and they wouldn't have won the MVP all four games. Whatever you like or don't like about him, I will tell you this. That guy plays his best football in the most pressure-filled, biggest moments, biggest stage. He fucking loves it. Yep. So, uh, and he's not going to get drafted high. He may go make a team in the fifth round and, and play for 10 years. But I'm just, somebody left their glove out on the mound a couple years ago, and they never got the glove back. Bennett took it. And you're going to hear this, too, Sigs. Wow. Yeah, but he's on Georgia. Anybody can succeed. Bullshit. He ran some four- and five-star guys out of the building so i don't want to hear it if i can go through 15 quarterbacks i'll guarantee you in this league nfl now he may not be better than them but at georgia he deserves every ounce of credit he gets he's had one of the best two-year runs of any college quarterback of all time yeah for sure i mean since we're only playing these great ones are only playing two years say three years on campus and they're playing two or red shirting or playing a third in two years, he, he, he while the numbers may not be as gaudy over the two, but hell, he's he's got more national titles than Bryce Young does. Yep. He's got more t- national titles than, than than I mean, go up and down the list. Yeah, Caleb Williams, yeah, yeah. so better player. But yeah. I'm just saying, the guy's a winner, and with all the things they've done, you know what the smartest move may have done, Sakes, playing him when he won the job, right? And he said he was scared that he was going to lose his job every week last week, and here we are. The dude's got a second ring. So congrats to Georgia and congrats to TCU. I'm not diminishing or shrinking what they did. And I'm sure so not going to take away from Georgia last night. They they lived up to the word dog. It was actually mm-hmm. a big dog versus frogs. That's, that's what the matchup was. Yeah. And it looked like it. It was a beatdown. What, what pissed me off as a Michigan fan watching that game early was – Something that Michigan didn't do that they they should have done, and, and I still don't understand why they didn't, and I don't understand why they didn't do it more throughout the season. Stetson Bennett using his legs is what got them going early in the game, and and Michigan did not do that with JJ McCarthy. So credit to Georgia watching what TCU did against Michigan, and they used it and used it and used it until TCU finally had to say. Okay, we need to take that away, and then it's just like boom. Here's Bowers, play Bowers, action. Bowers, Bowers. Right? Yeah, and, and big play after big play. The one thing I have to say about Georgia that they have to just shut up 
quit this nobody believed in us bullshit oh people said we were going to go seven and five i mean we heard it from multiple players we heard it from kirby smart nobody thought you were going to be seven and five nobody didn't believe in you everybody had you one two or three in the preseason everybody had you one or two throughout the entire season so quit with this bullshit of playing the underdog and stuff you sound like a bunch of idiots that's yeah. my only problem with Georgia through this whole thing. You sound like idiots. I was never around one college football fan segs or expert or anybody I talked to that ever had Georgia anywhere but the final four. Yes. Ever. Now, I had a few that questioned Notre Dame and Clemson this offseason. Right. I mean, heading Rightfully into the so. season, if they were overrated, right. But I could sure as hell tell you, and Oklahoma. Texas A and M, Texas A and M. We could tell you the I teams could, that were right that were that. And it, them. And it, for, for the most part, it bore itself out. Yes, it, it, for the most part. But to, to stop, yeah. But you know what, Segs? If that's what they fed off, if that's what's going to get you sixty-five, I guess run with it. But yeah, save the we were the underdog. Nobody believed in us. No, everybody, everybody believed, believed you. It. Most teams feared you and knew that they had to play. That's their why best you were a two touchdown to favorite in the national right. championship game. But that doesn't Just happen. Very shut often. up. Yeah, all of you. It, it was at an impressive performance. And, you know, we hear all these young stud, Garrett Riley at TCU, Lincoln mm -hmm. Riley calling plays. You know, you go through them all. Graham Harrell when he's, you know, everywhere you go, Sigs. Let me tell you something. There, there's no better play caller in the country than Todd Munkin. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just going to. How does he not get a job? Oh, dude, it, it's like. If you're going to go back and give Brett Venables, you know, Brent Venables a job as a defensive coordinator yeah. after all he did at Clemson, I don't know why you're not banging on Monken's door because everything he does, and then Bennett, even if there's a tight window, he fits it in and he throws on time. I think Monken, and you know what I love about him, Segs? I, now, he's a better play caller, but I think like he does because I'm always a throw to set up the run more than mm -hmm. run to set up the throw, and he does that all the time. He come out, boom, 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 boom. Then all of a sudden, mix in inside zone, and Stetson Bennett walks in untouched. And then he'll come back and run that boom, come off play action, and pound the seam route or the wheel route to that good Brock Bowers or anybody mm -hmm. else they got going. I just Monk and you, you want to talk now. If you want to tell me somebody who's underrated that nobody talks yes. about enough, talk to your offensive coordinator. He's the most underrated of all time. What's his? I think it's his. Uh, his uh, is it his cousin? You know Jeff Munkin, who's the yeah. head coach at. At Army, I don't think they're brothers, but they are related. So yeah. it's a good football family. And what <laughs> I was thinking, Segs, the obvious, the, the the odds, the crazy thing is, one will line up and run the triple option on your ass the whole time right. and run for four hundred yards. The other will line up and run everything else and throw for you know have six hundred yards offense and score sixty five in the natty. But what yeah, I love about what, what I love about Todd is he just uses the the weapons that he has. Yeah. You know, if he had two great backs, he'd just pound it down your throat for 60 minutes and beat you that way. Yeah, That's he'd throw a couple of go routes, does. soften you up a little bit, and then hand it off and let Todd Gurley or one of those guys rush for, you know what I'm saying? He, that's what he'd do. He takes ego out of it. That's your weakness. This is my strength. So I'm kicking your ass with that strength. If you are, listen, if you're Kirby smart, I would do be real smart. I'd say, let me make you the highest paid coordinator in college football. And without hesitation, whatever he's making, it ain't enough. Right. Pay him more. That's what yeah. I'd do. Hey, if Jim Harbaugh wants to fuck around and go to the NFL, <laughs> exactly. that's one of my first phone calls. Because, I, I mean, you, you see the similarities in the way they do things. And now Michigan's getting back Blake Corum. You don't think he would love to go coach Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and J.J. McCarthy? Old school, but but with new attitude of knowing how to yes, spread people out, right. maximize gets under center, gets in a gun. Hell, no he just, offense to Jim, because I love Jim Harbaugh, but I got news for you. My guy Munkin may be a little bit more uh creative when it comes right. to spreading out the offense. So yeah, it he's impressive, man. Yes, he really is. All right, jumping to the NFL. The NFL playoffs are set. Uh we have uh let me pull it up here. We can find there it is. We'll start in the AFC. The Chiefs get the one seed. We got the Bills versus Dolphins, two versus seven. We got the Bengals versus Ravens, three versus six. And we got the Jags who beat the Titans in week 18 to jump in versus the five seed, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, which game do you look at here with these three that I just mentioned where you say this is the best game? This is the one I'm looking forward to. 
and then give me quick snippets on the other two. You know, the segs with the Miami to Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't if Tua doesn't play, yeah, and he's healthy. I don't give them much chance. And, and now Raheem Mostert just broke his thumb. Yeah. He had been playing really well for the Dolphins lately. It's it's tough sledding for Miami. They're going to have to have an out-of-body experience. Not that yeah. Mike McDaniel's not smart and the rest of it. And the question is, are you going to be able to get the ball to your playmakers so you can play in space and go? I don't like that matchup. You know, <clears> Even all. though Tua struggled, and if it's windy and stuff, it's different. But at least his accuracy, and if he's feeling it like he was the first 10 or so games of the season, then that gives you a chance. I don't think they have much of a chance going to Buffalo without yeah. it. I just don't. I think they're and with, with, I think, with Buffalo, everything behind them. I, I know you don't want to overplay that story too much, but it's still fresh. It's still fresh. And it, it you know, he got back, uh, DeMar Hamlin got back to Buffalo now. So they get to see him. And it, it's, it, it just kind of sorts so everything over again. Yep, and, and, yep. and they're ready. I think they're, they're ready to play. Yeah. Now he's like you said, he's finally home. So he's going to see, mm-hmm. be able to watch his team at home, whether, He's watching it from the hospital or, or right. wherever, but the good, you know, it's great news about him. But the other side of that is they're going to have to block a punt, get two pick sixes. Yeah. They're going to have to do what TCU did to you. They're going to have to intercept a couple yeah. balls and run them back. And other than that, if they just line up and both reach their potential and, and two is not playing, I, I, I don't like their chances. Buffalo in wins the, by 10 at least. Oh, yeah. You, you know, a matter of fact, even I'm in pretty, that scenario, I'm actually, I'm not even sure they're not going to win by 10, even if Tua does play. Let's right. just put it that way. But they give him a better chance. Um, the uh, Jacksonville and Charger game. I'm really intrigued with this game. Segs, this is the game I'm intrigued with too. Yeah, big weekend. time in the AFC of the first week of the first weekend. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't. <laughs> this is just me, not inside information. One is, I love the quarterback play. Two young stars that are big and physical, and are a well. They are the biggest reason. And with Doug Peterson, see how you build it. You grab yourself a coach you like and a quarterback, and let's build it out. Now, they got the quarterback. Now, Staley has got some things to do, but they can attack, and they're really good. I love this because I'm anxious to see what Charger team's showing up on the road against Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's capable not only of winning the game, Segs and Sin. I actually, there's two teams that are, one their divisions, one in the AFC, one in the NFC, that I actually think can beat both teams that are coming to their building that had a better record. And I think you know who my other one that I'm going to mention. It's the four or five matchup in both. That's exactly right. So if both play their best, Chargers got more weapons, Segs, but I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not ruling them out. I actually, I think Doug Peterson is, has more, I don't know, smarter is not the right word, has, will, will operate management of a game better than Staley will in this game. Does that make sense? You know, mm-hmm. like when to go for it on third and one. I think that Peterson will give me a little bit more. I love this. I'm intrigued with this. And I also know this. If there's a ass whooping in this game, let's say Jacksonville wins 31-13 just for the hell of it. I don't think Staley's job safe. That's the other oh, part no, I was no, saying. No, no. I, 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 still, I mean, I know that had they not made the playoffs, it might have been different. And Sean Payton may already have that job. But, you know, start what tomorrow, I guess you could start interviewing. Mm-hmm. But. If, if they go in there and get beat now and it looks ugly, I, I'm not sure. And I think both four or five teams, if the lower, if the higher seed or the lower seed, should I say, the higher lower seed beats the higher seed in both of them, I don't think either head coach is safe, meaning Mike McCarthy in the NFC. So I'm intrigued with this one the most. And then my other game, oh, listen, if Lamar doesn't play, that's another game. They're not winning. Yep. Cincinnati's too hot. I, if, even if Lamar does, trying to get him into the rhythm, he's been out, what now, what, six, six games, five games, six games. I think it's very difficult. And will he be fully healthy to use his legs and his arm? I think Cincinnati's playing good on both sides of the ball. I actually think we could have two. Now, Buffalo, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens are tough and well-coached, but I actually think the Baltimore and, and, and uh, Baltimore-Cincinnati game and that Buffalo game against Miami – that those could be semi-lopsided. And lopsided in the NFL is double digits, right? Yes. Ten points. Yep. I'm looking forward to that one game. So I got, I'm as much as I hate to say it, I think Jacksonville can pull off the upset. Buffalo and Cincinnati both win. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I don't know if you saw the clip of Joe Burrow, and uh, he was asked about the contention window, the Super Bowl window. And he basically said, the window's always fucking open if I'm playing. Like, And, and that's just... That's Joe Burrow, and that just tells you what kind of not only player he is, what kind of guy he is, but what kind of leader he is in that locker. Don't you room. believe him? They're Sex, don't you believe him? Yes. Don't you believe him? 
They Did are you tell such me a, a team, dangerous team. And they're playing better on defense. They're flying yes. around. They got some good good defense. Sex, when he says it, he's not just saying that for hyperbole and bullshit. When he says it's regard, listen, as long as I'm around, that fucking window's staying open. Yeah, right? exactly. And I believe it. Yes. And I know he believes it. And I don't think he thinks Mahomes or Allen are better than him. I right? think he thinks he does. They got to deal with me, dude. Wait till they get a load of me, right? I, I listen. I if I were to tell you they're going to be in the Super Bowl, you wouldn't bet me, would you? No. Yeah. I mean, I think they're it, that good, it, don't you? The Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals. Any three of them could be in the Super Bowl. I'd be like, okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, you think I mean, it starts with what? Think about it. Coaches are really good. Quarterback. Yep. <laughs> are out of their mind and they got weapons out their ass. Right. Okay. They could score it's, from the, the, the parking lot. Yeah. It's with the Bengals. To me, it's all about, you have to protect Joe Burrow. If you don't, that's when you get beat. And, and that's a problem. They've continued to have, even with the money they spent on that offensive line this season, uh, yep. it has not worked and they continue to struggle to protect him, but he's one of those quarterbacks that is good enough to overcome that and beat a really good team. In the playoffs, so, who who do you who do you do you, do you like Jacksonville in the game or Chargers? What do you what do you? What, I think that's going to be a, a fourth quarter game. I really yeah, do. I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game. Either way, wouldn't shock me. Um, I you know uh, I think it'll be close. I'd probably lean Chargers just a little bit, but I understand the why fact you got to travel there. cross country and all that. And it's the it's the Chargers. You know they're not a, a trustworthy team. Hell, Brandon Staley had guys playing last week that got hurt. In a game that didn't matter, Mike Williams got hurt. So I say sometimes he confuses me, Staley. He really does, Segs. And I, like I say, they 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 get beat by two touchdowns. I, the Spanos will have they they will they will meet over whether they want to keep him or not. I'm just so telling. I, they could win a game and then go get their ass kicked by whoever the Chiefs. And I'm still thinking, contemplating if I want Sean Payton on my team as the right. head coach next season. I, I mean, that's right. where Staley is with me. The guy just he just makes these decisions. You just left scratching. Your head like, what is he thinking? baffling? Now, both and these then, quarterbacks in this game are going to be a blast to watch. Oh, this yeah. one it's going to be a big and nasty fun one yeah. to watch. Uh, then we got the NFC. The Eagles get the one seed. Then we got the 49ers versus Seahawks, two versus seven. We got the Vikings versus Giants, three versus six. And then you mentioned it the Bucks versus the Cowboys uh, on Monday Night Football, Brady versus Dak. Uh, the Cowboys looked absolutely awful against the Commanders in Week 18. Dak couldn't do anything, uh, so I don't know where that game's headed because the Bucks haven't been good this year either. They they played a nice game and Evans went off finally uh, in Week 18, but or in Week 17, excuse me. So where do you thinking for the NFC playoffs? Okay, and I'm going to ask you a question real quick. Okay, we know, like I said. The AFC quarterbacks, when the worst one was was the MVP ten games into the season of right. the play, you're like, uh, oh, or shit. one of the MVP kids, <laughs> yeah. And the other one that may be hurt or not is a former MVP, right? All right, so can be the ultimate weapon when he's going good. Now the NFC, say, so let me let me just name them. They're they're good. I'm, I couldn't be more proud of Geno. I love the story of some of these mm-hmm. guys like Purdy, and I I love it. Yes, Cousins and Jones. Geno and Purdy, Prescott and Brady, and Hertz is not playing this week. Let me first off, let's remove Jalen Hurts from this. It's one first round pick, by the uh, way, of, that you just right. mentioned. Of and, all all, and, guys. and then the AFC, there's a whole bunch of them, right? It's all first round picks. Right. I think. right. When, no, when healthy. Than, right, right. Other than uh Lamar wasn't a first round pick. Oh, yeah, he was late. Yeah, he yeah, was late. That's right. Lamar, Tua, Herbert, all of them were. That's yeah. exactly and, and the fourth best is Herbert. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly right. I keep forgetting it's Lamar. Crazy. They they moved to the they, Baltimore got him late in the draft. What mm-hmm. one of the last picks? I think picks. it's the thirty second right. pick. Well, yeah. yeah they, you're exactly right. So six first routers, <laughs> none of them. But think about this. We got Gino, who's a rejuvenated career, and God bless him. Purdy is undefeated and on a great defensive team. But we got to see. Can he? Is he going to make that throw against yep. that guy and have to carry him? Cousins, nobody's ever trusted in the postseason, but he sure is good in the regular season. Yep. Daniel Jones had his best year ever, but until then, they weren't they they didn't give him pick up his fifth year option. We're ready to run him out of town. <laughs> right. Okay. Brady's 45, and Dak Prescott can't throw up half his games. Okay. Right. Other than that, shit, they're pretty good. So <laughs> other than that, it's they, great. even add Jalen Hurts, who's had a great year, but has only played once in five weeks. Right. 
So now, if I say every one of these quarterbacks is playing for the ticket team, say Minnesota, mm-hmm. let's just say Minnesota. Of the seven, I'm talking about in January, which quarterback you trust the most? They're all on the same roster. <laughs> to be honest, in the no. NFC. Uh, it's oh, oh, it's Brady. Yes. Think of it. So I, I, that was the one quarterback I wasn't. Think about that. They're, they're, I yeah, mean, they're eight Brady and nine. by far. They're eight and nine. Their teams now. Now their, their teams. It's been a Dow Jones the whole year. Mm-hmm. Yet when it comes to January, and if you, I'm not saying Tampa's team is better than Philly's team. I'm just saying, would you, if Brady was the quarterback of Philadelphia, would you have him going to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. If he was the quarterback in Minnesota, I mean, in, in uh, San Francisco, would you have him going to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Right, so you trust him the most, which is my point is, who the hell knows what's going on in the NFC? Oh, yeah. Great, great defense. I think two upsets happen this week, though, Six. I don't think Minnesota's safe. Their defense is – is you, you you can attack. Their defense is not good. Yeah. If Brian Dable and Mike Kafka call a good game, that's a – I'm telling you, that's a friggin' dangerous game. And Barkley's going to – he was fresh from last week. I think Seattle will hang around. I do because I think Geno's played really good. I just think defense will win in the end. Yeah. And they'll protect it. 49ers are better. Agreed. And then finally, in the and what and remember at the beginning of the year, Segs in the power rankings, you know who was last? Seattle. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be picking first this year. Yet they're still getting the top pick because that's of the, the Jets. difference a quarterback right. can make. Right. That's exactly right. And then finally, the 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 Brady and and uh, that game. I don't trust the Cowboys, dude. If they if they both play their best game, Dallas should win because they got they're, they're better, but. Tampa's defense can fly around when they're right. Like Burrow, can you protect Brady? Two weeks ago, Brady threw for about 450, and the ball didn't hit the ground very often. They had to come back from Carolina, right? I don't care about the Atlanta game. He didn't play the whole thing. Yeah. I believe Tampa's winning that game at home. And now if, if you get an upset from the Giants or it, it, it's somewhere else, dude, we are headed for a weird, crazy-ass thing. I like Tampa in the game. I think the Giants are going to give the Vikings all they can handle, and I'll take – uh, San Francisco in the game. Yeah, I, I agree with all those. I it, the the Vikings Giants game is the one I look at and say, okay, I could see this going either way. Um, if like you mentioned, Dable and Kafka come up with a good game plan, and they but use the Vikings Saquon. could also blow them out. Say it's exactly to 10. because right. yeah, if, if they get Justin Jefferson going early and that opens up, you know who's been really damn good. Maybe the best trade we saw in this uh, at the deadline was the Hawkinson trade. He's oh. been awesome for the Vikings. Dude, he's catching everything. He's got yeah. like he's averaging like seven catches a game. Yeah, he had a game with thirteen and and oh, two touchdowns. Me. He's been awesome, and that has helped. Justin what Jefferson Vikings team more. showing up, dude? And exactly. I don't trust their defense. No. I know they're going to move the ball. They'll yeah. score, and when they get beat, dude, they get they they get their ass handed to. But them. if the giant if it's tied or the Giants have the lead late in the fourth quarter, what Kirk Cousins shows up? Is it the Cousins that normally shows up at this time of the year? That's not good. Or news regular for the season Kirk Cousins, right. who does win, right? Yes. So um, we'll see what happens there. You get Bucks, Cowboys, Cowboys lose. They're right in this Sean Payton. The Cowboys and Chargers I've, lose. They're in this Sean Payton thing, in my opinion. I, I don't think, think Jerry, Jerry can was, handle another loss. He and, and was then, disgusted. Say, yeah. listening to his press oh, conference, he he was not happy. Yeah. Now we got to suck on this for a week, and we're like, right. you could imagine on local radio how much fun we had with that quote. Oh, oh, you're I'm gonna sure. suck on this for a week, Jerry? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and and it doesn't sit well. So, um, if they go out there and take an ass whoop, and Mike McCarthy may not be the head coach of the no, of the Cowboys. I think if both of those teams lose, Chargers and Cowboys, both ch- coaches are out, and I, I both want it, Sean Payton. I would yes, think yes, at least be a at least battle. At, at least you'd think they'd want him. How's that? Yeah, right. and then uh, we got just a few minutes left here. Black Monday, Texans fire Lovey. We got uh, Cardinals firing Cliff Kingsbury. We had the Colts opening already. We had the Panthers opening. We had the Broncos opening. Those are the five right now. We just mentioned two more. Uh, a couple open GM spots. We knew about the Titans. And then Steve Kime had walked away, slash was probably pushed out the door um, by the Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals need both. And then some other teams need other. Uh Quick thought on the Texans. Give me, you know, they lose the number one pick. They win the last game of the season. Bears lose. Bears get the one pick. Uh, 
another one and done coach two years in a row. David Coley, now Lovey Smith out, and Nick Casario stays and gets his third head coach. Give me your thoughts on the Texans there. Well, with first, you hosting first of in all, Houston. Nick Casario, damn well better hire a good coach this time because he's got some good draft picks that he's made and they got a lot of assets and some mm-hmm. salary cap room. But you're tied like an AD is to his head coach. You don't get to have any leeway or any shock absorber cushion when you've hired two coaches and fired him after one year, your ass online. So if it for any any other reasons, selfish reasons, he better go hire an alpha male that is going to save his damn job. Because if it's if it fails, Nick Casario's out. He he's out. So Segs, a guy, you know, whoever that might be, but you know, it's interesting with Jeff Ireland being kind of attached to Sean Payton at the hip, the Arizona thing becomes intriguing. But you know that Kyler would drive Sean Payton nuts. With the preparation, I mean, that, I'd love about a, to see it. Just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how? They, oh, yeah. No doubt. So <laughs> that one opens up what Sean Payton wants his own guy as the GM, right? But in Texas, they got to find a good coach. And if there's ever such thing as a shitty win, <laughs> what the <laughs> Texas do with the Bears, I mean, I know you loved it, but no, as you hell yeah. But for me, listen, you can't, all those five coaches you just named, I, I have zero, I don't like to see coaches get fired. But those five, it was time to move on in every place. I know one and done, but you got to not just say one and done this year with the talent on the roster. Was that talent going to match? Was Nathaniel Hackett or was Cliff Kingsbury or Lovey Smith going to maximize three years down the road if you stuck them in Buffalo or they went in the Super Bowl? And I'm going to tell you the answer for me would be no. So then you had to move on. And all of them are good guys, and they know X's and O's. It just didn't work in their current spots. Some earlier – Lovey and Nathaniel Hackett, his first year guys this year, and Cliff, who's been there, and then the rest is history. I think they got to go get an offensive guy and draft the quarterback and then go from there. If they'll put their ego aside, open up the checkbook, and Nick Casario isn't afraid of a guy that can challenge the room because he's hired two guys that he knew were bridge co- uh, bridge coaches. He just has. And if they don't do that, then they'll be right back where they started. All right, well, one question I would have about the Texans opening with Nick Casario staying, being his third coach, if you're one of these young guys, if you're a D'Amico Ryans, if you're a Ben Johnson, if you're some of these other, uh, what was it, the, the Broncos defensive coordinator. Um, right, or if you're Shane Steichen, the offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, Shane Steichen, Philly, yes, exactly. Yeah, or Ken Dorsey, one of yes, those guys, right? If you're some of these young coaches that they're reaching out to and you're seeing, okay, Nick Casario's staying, but he's got to be on a short leash. How, what's going to happen to me if I go there, even if I get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Will Levis, whoever we like, and we go four and 13 and we're bad again, is Nick Casario getting fired? And then I have a new GM coming in and I don't know if I'm their guy and I'm a young coach. So it's not like I can go walk into the owner's office and say, I want this guy. You know, maybe you can have the conversation, but it you're, you're a first-year head coach heading into your second year with a bad team still. How would you feel if you're a young coach in this scenario with the Texans, with Nick Casario being the guy that's hiring you as his third head coach? That's so, I cannot believe it. it's like we're simpatico. We haven't talked about this because I was going to do a video on that very thing. The veteran coach that's never had a head coaching job or that, has one, like maybe you're Dan Quinn and you want another go at it, right? Right. And But if you're a guy, and then the other side, when people ask me, well, why would anybody take the Texas job? Well, if you're Jonathan Gannon and nobody's offered you a gig, you're first, of course you're going to take it. Right. Because you believe you can turn it around. But that's the thing that nobody is discussing is Casario's stability. Right. If you go 4-13 and 13 yet, we think that you okay. There's some potential, but you know, next year things they're not winning ten games. Right. They're just. I mean, there's not enough to go around for them to do that, unless there's unless all the other unless eight teams miss a team bus. So then you say, okay, if Cal and listen, you're dealing with a dysfunctional organization anyway. So then what? You go. So. The new guy comes in and he's a and he's a he wants his own guy. And, dude, I'm sorry we signed you to a five-year contract, but I got to bring my own coach in. I don't like the development over one year. You're four and 13. And for the third time, you're one and done, and you run the guy out. I think it's almost like people don't want to face that, but it's real because you know what? 
you've opened that can of worms because Casario, his seat is as hot as any GMs in the league right now. And that would scare me as a young coach. I, if I'm D'Amico Ryans and I have two offers, I'm taking the other one. If I'm right. Jonathan Gannon and I have two offers, especially one where there's a GM in place or there's no GM and that guy's bringing you in. Right. right. Even if they fire him after. Like that in guy's Arizona. You in. Right. I, I, I think, and I, I was, it's so, so funny you said it because, you know, there's not a lot of talk about a good, if you're Ken Dorsey, why the fuck would you want to deal with that? Right. We're wondering what's going to happen to me if all of a sudden this guy, we the, the 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 draft picks, he screws up the draft. We get injury. I'm not saying Nick will, but it exists because Segs, there was talk before today <laughs> and yesterday that, that Casero may be going with Lovey Smith. And he, in my opinion, he should have. I, I'm always one of unless you have one of the best guys. Period. Like I get why Tennessee got rid of their GM and stuck with Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Agreed. But you know, when, when you make that, that cut of Lovey Smith and there's questions regarding Nick Casario and you're a bad football team, just start over, just start completely over, just do the blow it all up. And then, you know, like for example, the bears assistant GM Ian Cunningham is now getting looks from Arizona and Tennessee for their, just for example, using him, he comes from Philly and only been in Chicago one year. What if he goes to Arizona and or goes to Houston, excuse me, next year, and he wants Shane Steichen, who did not get a job this go around, and yet the Texans hired D'Amico Ryans, let's say. But he wants an offensive head coach to lead Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever, into the future. And now you're D'Amico Ryans like, damn, I just went four and 13. Are other teams going to want me now? And I'm getting fired now. Do I got to go take another DC job somewhere? And I just after, left the best defense in football. Or if you're Shane Steichen, I'm going to leave one of the best offenses or Ken Dorsey. I'm going to leave Josh Allen. Like it just, in my opinion, these young guys have to seriously consider what they're leaving and what could open up in the next one, two, three years. Yeah. You're leaving where you're the best at the best, the best at your coordinator job with great players. And they're yes. Buffalo ain't getting any worse with Josh Allen. And I can right. tell you this, the 49ers ain't getting any worse with that defense. Exactly. So your, your star continues to rise, but it's amazing how you can be a hell of a coach, have one bad season on a bad roster and know that your star now falls. Right. People just kind of like, well, wash their hands. Of you. You. That's exactly right. And so, yeah, I, I think it is a glaring issue. Which leads me to believe that if that's the case, they're going to get turned down by a couple of guys who don't trust it. Hence, why if you're Sean and he, here's Peyton, Sean Peyton been in this long and he can, that's a blank check. And he wants to bring his own GM so he doesn't have to put his trust in somebody who may screw it up for him. And you know, at some point in time, that may break Ireland and him, but they are attached and they're going to do it. Yeah, I say it is a, and you know what? Saints too. Is Dennis Allen going to get fired? Right. What happens there? I think I, I don't. I don't think we're out of the woods with firing. It sucks to see him get fired. But and here's Dennis Allen, a great defensive coordinator. He took over the head coaching job. They're not very good. They don't have a quarterback. Boom! Look what happens. And now his star is falling. They want him out after one year in New Orleans. Fans are going crazy. So, but uh, but, but this situation in Houston and there's so much dysfunction. Sakes, they don't have. There's not an alpha in the building. Cal McNair's not an alpha. An no. alpha. So he'll just say, it's kind of like, well, I don't know, where, where's Walton? He just kind of flies by do? the seat of his pants. Right. And, right. and, you know, we've been together down in Houston for years, and it's just, it's the same thing over and over. And then when someone tried to become an alpha in Bill O'Brien, they brought in Jack Easterby, who just clashed with him in, in terrible, you know, ways that was just stupidity. And Bill went from oh. alpha to thinking he was the owner. He, right. went, he took power he to a whole new far. level. He ruined it. Right. Yes. He didn't just stop there and say, listen, I'm the coach. I get a say. I want to be the coach, the play call of the GM. And he went way overboard the other way where he said, dude, if you did just shut up and coached football and, and, and worked with him, you'd, you'd, you'd probably still be here. Right. But now he, he loses his gig because he went haywire on the power trip. Right. Okay. Let me ask you this. Sean Payton calls today. This afternoon, calls Kel McNair and says, I want to come to Houston. I don't want Nick Casario. I want Jeff Ireland to be the GM. What does Cal McNair do? And now knowing, and, you know, Houston's a team that this wouldn't hurt as much having to trade maybe the Browns pick, the 12th pick, 
I would trade draft. the 12th pick for, or, I would or, trade the 12th pick for Sean Payton. Right. Or next year's Browns pick, you know, and, and maybe a little extra, maybe a third this year just to, sure. you know, put icing on the cake. And, he, and he says he wants to come. Would Cal McNair fire Nick Casario? That's the question that I don't know that anybody can answer. Well, if he had a brain, I mean, I he think would. he does. If he's had football IQ, he'd have to listen. And if you listen, if you, and I don't know if you've heard this part, Segs, but in about five times in Casario's press conference yesterday, he said, if a coach won't take the job or he hires him and he doesn't like the way Nick Casario is doing something, Nick said he'd step aside. So basically what you're telling me, if Sean Payton decides he wants the Houston job, which with all the other opportunities, I can't fathom it, but let's say he right. does. Agreed. Agreed. And he calls up and says, if I'm, I want the job bad, I'll come there 10, 10 million a year for eight years or whatever it is. And I'm bringing Jeff Ireland as my GM, but I'm not coming. If Nick Casario is the general manager there, I don't think there's an option. You have to do it. You absolutely have to. The question is, I don't think Cal would. I, I don't think he would. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the question. I, I don't think he Unless would. Unless Casario went to him and said, I know Sean Payton wants to come here. I'm not going to put you guys in a bind anymore. This is uncomfortable for all of us. I'm stepping down. Then, yes. Do I think Cal would go knock on his door? If he was going to do that, he'd already done it. Right. To open it up for Sean Payton to show interest. Yes. What, I'm with you. Doesn't it, I mean, shouldn't it bother Cal McNair that his guy who's supposed to be running this organization, leading this team to a Super Bowl, is saying things like, oh, you know, if I need to, I'll step aside. Like, no, I want I my GM for being, it today. Did you good? Yes, good. I just destroyed because him. I said, grow a just, set of balls. Exactly. I want my guy being like, I'm leading it. this team to a Super Bowl. No, right. I don't, you know, this guy is not coming in and taking full power. I'm good enough that I can lead this team to a Super Bowl. Not like, oh, you know, if things aren't right, you know, I'll step aside. Like, I'm if that's my GM, in. I'm firing him in a second. Right. I'm bringing my coach in and we're going to be, we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder and there'll be respect and we'll both do our jobs. We're kicking ass. I'm bringing in a Super Bowl, t- a guy who's going to get us to where we want to go. And we're going to work side by side. We're going to have a great draft. That's exactly right. And put it all on the table. Well, I don't know if a guy comes in and he won't come here because I'm here. uh, I'd step aside. I would have walked in and said, come on into my office afterwards. Don't worry about that now. Let's just clear house now. Yeah. To me, you're opening up to save the woe is me. You know, stop it. Okay. You got the job. Prove to all of us, even if you don't believe it yourself, that your balls are dangling down to your ankles and you got a set and you're going to go get right. the guy you want and you're staying here because screw that, two years isn't enough in your mind for you to get what you want, even though you got rid of two coaches one year after yeah. the other, and and jump up and stand on the mountaintop and pound your chest. Fool us. Right. But I, I don't need a meek and, well, I don't know. I'm just, it's like, dude, show me some confidence. If you can't dazzle me with brilliance, baffle me with bullshit. Yes. And he didn't do either. Yeah, I don't like the situation either, Segs. It, it's just, it, it's been, you know, moving to Houston. I think I moved in 2014, you know, started following a team. You have J.J. Watt. You have really good players on that team. You get Deshaun Watson, who was so good just coming right out of the gate and and become an all-pro type quarterback, led the league in passing. And yet they continued to dick around where Bill O'Brien wanted more power, more power, more power, yet forgetting what he was doing on the back end, which hurt the team on the field. And then you got guys like Jack Easterby coming in and Cal's and, and running his mouth, doing his own little thing on the side. And then you bring in Nick Casario. He's doing his own thing. He runs Easterby. It's just been a shit show for the last six, seven years in Houston. And there's, they show no signs of slowing that shit show down. Groundhog day, brother. You remember yes. that movie, right? Groundhog yes. day. And as as and they they're the 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 exact definition and picture and the definition of insanity. They do the same thing over and over and over again, and believe it's going to yield you a different result. Yeah, it's going to give you a different doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results and a different outcome. You ain't get it. You better. You better. You better because. For no other reason, if you're, like I said, if you're Nick Casario and you want to be selfish, you better know that this hire is your ass. This is your yep. job is on the line. So make one that you get to keep your job for the next 15 years. Right. Find that coach if you want it. 
it just feels like I, I don't know if this is just me. This just feels like this ends up a job with like, and, and he's a good football coach. Don't get me wrong, but like Frank Reich, like this is where it seems like it ends up. It's just Frank Helen Reich Moore getting another chance as a head coach or Dan Quinn. It feels like Dan Quinn or Frank Reich is the. It's going to come down to those two names because they're guys that say, you know what. I've been in the league a long time. I've been a head coach. I've had success. And I'll I, get another I can job take even a shot. if this doesn't work. Right. Yes. Yes. So that's what it feels like to me. I hope they can go get a Ben Johnson from Detroit. That I would love that, taking him from the Lions, because he's an awesome young player. Yeah, you play want caller. him out of your division. Yes, six. exactly. But, I mean, D'Amico Ryan, any of these young guys that have shown promise um, as play callers and, and leading some of the best units in football uh, is who I hope the Texans get, but it just – you know, I said the same thing last year, and look what happened. They got Lovey Smith. Until so, they prove it to me, the evidence says that they don't know what they're doing, so we'll find right. out. Exactly. All right, uh, Thursday or Friday, whenever we record next, we'll get more into the playoff games. We will talk about the NFL draft and, and the Texans losing that one pick, what the Bears should do with the first pick, what the Texans should do with the second pick. Should they move up to one? The Colts, the Panthers, the Falcons. A lot of teams in the top 11 need a quarterback. And which ones would make the most sense to jump up to one or three with Arizona as a team that doesn't need a quarterback? We'll get into all that in the next episode. But this was a good one. A lot of fire. It just It felt like we're back on Sports Talk 790 and we're just trashing the Texans because they deserve to be trashed every day of the week. Sags, I'm a glass half full guy until you break the glass. Okay, so. <laughs> or until you just start talking Texans. That's it exactly right. Goes out That's the window. Exactly right. No yeah. doubt. Great stuff, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to the next time, my man. Appreciate All you. Right. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.